Welcome to Brad Tuttle Ministries Podcast, a place to be inspired and encouraged to live your life all out for Christ. Here are your podcast hosts, Brad and Jana Tuttle. Hey everybody, welcome to Brad Tuttle Ministries Podcast. I'm Brad Tuttle. Hi, I'm Jana. And we are so glad you decided to join us today. As Jan and I come together and we contemplate what to share with everyone who's listening, and we are so excited about all the people that are tapping into these podcasts from literally all over different places of our country, and there's even you know people from overseas. It's really great, so keep listening and keep passing them on to people. Um, but as we we contemplate what we want to share each time and pray about it, so we just don't you know pick random things, but we want to make sure that we're being led by the Spirit. Yes. So that you get um, what the Lord wants you to hear. And as I was just kind of sitting, thinking about what, or praying about what we should use this podcast for, it just kind of came to me to just share with you guys from my heart a little bit, kind of about my salvation experience, and then kind of bring that into the aspect of becoming a transformed disciple. Yes. Um, you know, my wife's heard this a lot. I, you know, I share my testimony and I, mine was one of those that I came from, uh, just a really, you know, just not saved later in life up to 27 years old. And I wasn't a church person. Again, if you've never heard my conversion story, it's actually a podcast that we have. It's one, it's one of the first ones or the first one that we did, but I did not, was not raised in church. So I didn't know anything about you know, Christianity, God, Jesus, any of that stuff. So when I, I got saved, I had a lifestyle of, you know, living, you know, just kind of a, um, not doing good stuff. And, and, that, but I, so I got, I got radically born again in the bedroom of my home. I had, the gospel had been presented to me and five years before that by a, a serviceman and guy in the Navy. And I, I came to faith in Christ after being in a bar all night and, mm -hmm. Um, so what I'll do is I talk about that to people and then, you know, they kind of see in me this, uh, drive or this passion now for Christ and I'll, and I will try to challenge them to live that way. And what a lot of people, not a lot of people sometimes will say, or they will, you know, you know, they'll, they'll bring up the thing, well, you know, I didn't have a testimony like yours. Right. So I was raised in church, you know, you're on, you're, you're that way, you're passionate because, you know, you were really in sin and, you know, you, you got radically converted. <laughs> of course, we're all in sin and we're all radically uh, corrupted and we need Christ as our savior. But it's like, I think people think because you're in drugs and doing different things like that, you know, that you are in the bad part of it. But and they'll go, well, you know, you got really saved. And so, yeah, you, that's why you're the way you are. But I, my life wasn't like that. So, you know, my point is, is, first of all, is this. All of us are in desperate need of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, we are all, like I said, the phrase radically corrupted by sin. Adam's sin, that now caused all of us who are now born into this world, we are born into sin. And that sin separates us from God the Father. And without Jesus Christ, and let me make really clear, Christ is the only mediator. There is no one else that we come through to get to God the Father but Jesus Christ. That's right. I don't go to a man or, or any type of um, 
religion to to add works into that. I come to Christ by right. by faith alone and Christ alone. Believe in my heart on Him as a Savior, and I am born again. Yes. I'm born anew. I'm made into a new creation. So that needs to be made clear. First of all, it starts there. But what I wanted to encourage everybody in is that to be, you know, it, it, we're supposed to. This is, and I don't think this is. This is not my personal belief. This is the Word of God. And let me just put it in layman's terms. When we come to faith in Christ. This is supposed to now be a life that is not um, something that becomes secondary. You know, you'll hear Paul talk all the time, you know, to, to live is die and to Christ is gain. And, you know, everything about his life, he laid everything down for the cause of Christ because Paul got radically converted and he knew what Jesus had done for him. And so his life was set up, set ablaze to fulfill what Jesus had done for him, uh, what Jesus had for him to do. He was motivated by just this love for Christ, and and um, we are supposed to be that way. It's not this this passion for the Lord or this desire to be a disciple and a follower of Christ in a deep way is not just for some of us, but it's for all. Of, it's for myself, my wife, and all of you that are listening right now. We 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 are supposed to have a desire to live a transformed life. Um. We, we want to be people who impact the world. Yes. And we impact the world by living a life of deep transformation as a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. So once we come to Christ, this is not supposed to be something that, you know, I live half in on the world and half in, you know, half in on Christ and my world gets part of me or half of me and God gets the other half or I go to church, every, you right. know, I spend my hour in church on Sunday morning and, well, God got... I gave God that part of me, so now the rest of the, wor the world gets the rest of me. This is supposed to be something that I think we see all through Paul's life and all through all the writers of the New Testament. You see in the Old Testament that this is a sold-out life. Um, I don't think it's just for those who got radically saved. It's for, it's for everybody. My wife wasn't you know, from the kind of background that I was, was raised in church, but came to her own salvation experience um, when the gospel was, when the true gospel was was presented to her. She came to Christ and, and she has a great passion for the Lord. Yes, absolutely. So um, what I want to encourage all of us and inspire you or challenge you to begin to do um, is to live a life that of a transformed disciple. So we're not just someone that gets saved and Jesus becomes number three on our list of priorities, but he becomes our desire to follow him and to live in obedience unto him and to pursue him is the number one thing in our life. And, and I will say this, that we don't drift or accidentally stumble into a life of this kind of discipleship. This is a choice that doesn't automatically come with the salvation package. So we get saved. The Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, and He prompts us to do things, but He never makes us pray. He never makes us get into the Word of God. He doesn't make us yes. pursue Christ. This is to live a life as a transformed disciple is a decision that every single one of us have to make. And I have been... 
I think my entire ministry life, if, if besides preaching the gospel and and challenge and, and to, to lost people that they may come to Christ, I, I would actually say is it just came to me sitting here. This is probably the second um, most emphatic thing that I've talked to people about is is making a decision in their life to really live as a transformed disciple. And, you know, it's not about just going to church or it's not about having some religion that you're involved in. There, Mm -hmm. there is something that's supposed to click in us Mm -hmm. once we come to Christ and that switch comes on that it shouldn't just be for Paul or, or other people who've been radically saved and look like they're on fire. This is for all of us. Because I will honestly say this, that you look at the world that we live in now. Man, I mean, you know, you, you turn on the television show, you your television, you can't, I mean, this is for me being a, a radically transformed disciple. I don't want the world in my home. And it's almost every single show you turn on. Yes. It is some type of sexual immorality involved in it premarital sex, adultery, or something, and that in everything is uh, ho-hum. Well, we live in a world that's so much like that, that the only way that we're going to let our light shine is if we live a life that's opposite of that, if we live a life as a transformed disciple. So I'm here today to encourage you and to, to inspire you to live a life that's distinct from that, that is instinctively Christ-like. That is something that you are waking up every morning and it is your desire to live um, in the power of the Holy Spirit and to live a life as, as someone who has truly been transformed by what the gospel has done for you. Sometimes we fall into this, this um, pattern of, okay, we attend church, mm-hmm. we serve, we give, you know, and we're doing our stuff, and those are all wonderful things. We all need to be attending, we all need to be serving, and we all need to be giving, but sometimes that's accepted as enough. That's good enough. I did that part, and um, that's enough. So we, we, we end up having this uh, generation of believers who have lives that are a mile wide, and they're only an inch deep. And so no one has the depth, they just have the breadth. And we need to be people that um what well what what that turns into is that now we have churches filled with people where that lack passion they lack perseverance and they lack transformational discipleship george barna he's a he's a he's a person who does research and then they have um what do you call that polls but his research um found a reason why many people have chosen not to invest in a life of serious discipleship and number one was a lack of passion. Number two was they were too busy. Mm-hmm. And number three, they were satisfied with good activity that doesn't challenge them to be transformed. So number one, they, they lacked the passion to be a transformed disciple. They were too busy to really press into living like that. Mm-hmm. And they were satisfied with just doing good things. Well, my wife and I are here today to encourage you and to challenge you that it's time for all of us to take a step up the ladder and to elevate our life in a way that we are becoming a disciple of Christ Mm -hmm. and that being a disciple who has truly been transformed by the gospel.
You know, it's so powerful, everything that Brad is saying. And something that I thought about is, you know, the Word of God says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may be able to prove, the, you know, the perfect will of God for our lives. So when we live in this world, we're always being inundated with uh, worldly stuff, it seems. And so, you know, you, you might be asking, well, you know, Brad, I, I, I know that I'm saved. You're right. I haven't been walking like I should. What, how do I do this? And um, this is this is how I would say to start this. Uh, the first thing is to renew our mind. We need to dive into the word because the word is the the truth. Um, it doesn't matter what's happening out there in the world that might be fact but there's only one truth and that's the truth of god's word this is the standard that we should live in so if you are currently someone who maybe you haven't picked up your bible maybe you're just going off what your pastor's telling you on sunday but you don't have that daily uh desire you haven't been getting into the word we want to encourage you uh start reading a proverb a day um Romans is a powerful book uh, about who you are in Christ and sin not having dominion over you and what Jesus did for us. Uh, James is an incredible book. You know, start getting in the word and, and purpose that because, again, you cannot... You cannot uh, transform yourself in your own power. It has to be by the word of God. And that's how you live out this Christian walk because it's going to be the standard to which you can judge everything by. And you're going to start seeing that your thought life uh, changes, uh, that your actions change. It's getting in the word of God because this is his word that is for you, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to give you instruction, a manual on life. So I want to just interject that, that uh, for you to, if you will spend the time bathing yourself in the Word, you're going to start again thinking different seeing things more clearly hearing things more clearly you're gonna it's gonna be the the um compass for your life which is gonna direct you and before you know it you're gonna have that transformation you're gonna see that difference in in how you think how you speak how you act and react yeah you know i would uh before i make a couple points I would I would make this point on that is that yeah. we were talking about this in the car on the way home today. If you don't, ha here's what I, I do believe in order. I was talking to Jan about this that a lot of people don't get into the Bible because they think it's hard to understand. I don't I don't know where yeah, to start. I don't know what he's saying. Well, first of all, I think well one of the things everybody should do. This is what I would what I tell people who are a part of our ministry is that they need to get a Bible that is what I would call a good study Bible. Yes. They need to have a Bible that has great Bible study notes in it. Yes. Um, Breaking down the scriptures. Yeah. It, it, it breaks down the scripture for you. And, you know, don't start in Leviticus. Um, don't go into Deuteronomy. <laughs> Those books need to be written. But, it, but if you're new to reading the Word and you're going, I, got, I want to start getting into this, I would suggest going over into the New Testament first, maybe hitting the book of Philippians. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very short but very powerful book. Mm -hmm. uh, um, 
or actually they're all great. The book of John talks about Christ as Messiah. Um, the book of Philippians just talks about Paul's bragging on the church and the people and how they just didn't have a lot, but they lived so, so close to God. Um, and even the smaller books, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd Peter, just great small books that have great instructions for life. But back to my point on a study Bible, um, when I, when I first got a hold of a great study Bible, it was life-changing for me because you, someone has gone before you and has brought these notes down yes. that will help you understand and break down and exegete, that's a nice theological word, the, the verses and show you what they mean. And it's going to really help you to enjoy uh, yes. your Bible reading and making it more a part of your life, which is going to help you live a transformed life. And you know something about that, we've talked to um, several people, you know, so many times we can get into this, read your Bible through within a year, and you have to read five chapters today, but the thing is, people read it, and they don't even know what they read, um, they don't even comprehend, so like Brad is saying, a good study Bible, you might camp out on one scripture verse for that morning, it might so minister to you, and the the commentary and it breaking down, it's like you can't get past that one scripture. So so um, that we want to encourage you in that, get a good study Bible. Yeah, so that's going to help break down again what the Word of God is saying, yes. and then from there, there's so many Bible study helps online for free. Um, yes. You can go to some, a place called Study. I think it's StudyLight.org, and yes. there's other ones where you can bring up the verse, and then you can find it and what it means in the Greek. Or, and then it has all these commentaries about men who have written commentaries about what that verse means or that section means. So it's doable, and it's again, it comes back to we say we're too busy, we don't, we have a lack of passion, and we just want to get by. If we're going to live our lives like that as a believer, then that's all you're going to get out of it. But we are supposed to be pressing in. Listen, listen to what Paul said and understand his heart. And we're all supposed to be like this because he was a man like we were. He said, if any, he or Jesus said this about how we're supposed to be living our lives. If anyone would come after me, Jesus is saying, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. In other words, you're willing to give up your desires and your dreams to follow Christ. And someone says, I know, but it's my dreams and my desires. But when you follow Christ, he'll give you his dreams and his desires, and they'll be better than anything that you ever thought you wanted to do on your own in the first place. Then he says, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. That means I'm, I'm taking my life and saying, Jesus, my life is yours. Do with me what you want to yes. do. And then Jesus goes on to say, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or force, forfeit his very soul or his very self? So Jesus is saying, I am calling people to not just go to church, to not just give, to not just attend, to not just serve, to not just get by, but be bored with all this, have no passion, and be too busy. He's saying, I'm calling people. This is what we're supposed to do. A transformed disciple, Jesus is saying this. We're supposed to live this way. We're supposed to follow after him, denying ourselves, denying our flesh, our desires, mm. and taking up our cross. That means it's not going to be easy. Jesus had to carry his own cross to his own death. It's not going to be easy. And he says, and follow me. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's a cost to this, to being a transformed disciple. Yeah, there's a cost. 
you may not be able to watch a lot of TV shows you used to watch. Well, okay, if, we're, if we want to be a transformed disciple, we don't want worldliness in our life. You may, you may be giving up some activities that you're involved in. You may, you know, you know what may need to be given up because as you press in, the Holy Spirit's going to say you need to stop doing that. Because as we're trying to, we're, we're, here's a point, we're trying to follow Jesus. And that's what a transformed disciple does. And I'm sitting here not saying that I have arrived and I know everything and I am perfect, but but I do know there's a desire in there. And I do know that I'm a lot farther along than I used to be. And I know there's a passion to keep on moving more forward with Christ. But our desire, our life should be spent on Christ. It should be spent because at the end of all of this, whether you die before he comes back or whether he comes back and gets you before you pass, um, the truth of the matter is we only live this life one time and the things that we have done for Christ while we've been on earth, those are the things that are going to matter. What we did for Christ. So for me, living as a transformed disciple it means to be living a life that's truly making a difference. It doesn't mean you quit your job and you, you know, you go live with the Aborigines in Africa for the rest <laughs> of your life. You can still work your secular job, go to school, go to college, wherever you do, but you're doing all of it now. Your mind's switched. It's not about doing it for you. Yes. You're doing it ultimately, number one, you're doing it for the cause of Christ. So that changes your whole perspective on your job changes the whole perspective of why you're going to school, yes. changes the whole perspective of your life. Yes. And that's what's so, got, what's so exciting to me about being born again. I was given this destiny and purpose that had to do with something that was so much bigger than me. It wasn't just about a job or a vocation or what I was going to do for a living. It was about serving Christ and what I knew, knowing that what I was going to do for him was going to make a difference, not just now, but it was going to make a difference in eternity because it was going to affect people's lives. And that's what it is to live. And that's some of the effects of living a life as a transformed disciple. But it takes a clear yes. decision. Um, and it's not out of reach of the common person. To live as a transformed disciple is not out of your reach. To live as someone who wakes up every morning and says, I'm going to spend time with God in prayer today. I want to be a, I want to follow hard after Christ. That's not um, out of your reach. Yeah. To be someone that gets into the word of God and, and uh, listen, we're all called to be theologians, so to speak, to be people who study God and learn his word. That's not out of your reach. You can be someone who really gets to know the word of God without going to seminary because you put the time in to read, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to take those notes and to really dive into God's word and really chew on it and digest it and get it down inside of you. That's not out of your reach. It's simply we need to deny ourselves, follow Christ, say yes to him, say no to the word, to the world, make a decision that we're not going to let anything steal us from this because this is the most important thing that you're going to do in your life is to follow Christ as a transformed disciple. And if I can say this, the shame of a lot of this that saddens me so much is as a believer, as someone who's been in ministry and ministered to people since, well, for a while now. And um, not only that, but, you know, leading people in a church and that type of thing is that I see, I have seen so many people who are bored 
they they if they're if they're saved and we know that everybody that comes to church doesn't mean they're saved right. you have to believe on christ you can be in a church and not even be born again but think you right. are but you're not right. um so we we seem to have churches that are filled with bored people um <laughs> they are they are they're they they think they're following Jesus, but you can't really follow Jesus and be bored. You're right. You, you can't be. <laughs> how in the world? <laughs> yeah, because you, you know, um, I ask you this, were the apostles yawning their way to martyrdom? Oh, no. No, they were literally willing. Peter was crucified upside down. He's no different than me and you. He was a fisherman. Yes. These guys were all killed for the cause yes. of Christ, except for John. And they laid their lives out. And people through the centuries have laid their lives down for Christ, been burned at the stake. Someone says, man, settle down, man. That's a little bit too deep. <laughs> I, you know, but the thing about it is they gave it their all for Christ. And yours may not be to martyrdom, but it may just be to living as a sold-out husband, sold-out wife, sold-out businessman, um, sold-out person in the ministry, sold-out young person, sold-out college student. But I'll tell you one thing, the world needs people like this whether we think it or not this world needs transformed disciples yes. your friends need you to be this way um, your family needs you to be this way and I will say this before we go that following Jesus if you truly make this decision before you when you when we're done here and you get done listening to this podcast if you're in your car at home at work wherever you are at the gym and you say you know what I just heard that I make and you literally say to the Lord Lord I'm making a commitment to you today I'm going to be a transformed disciple I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to get the right Bible. I'm going to begin to pray every morning and spend time with God. I'm going to go to. I'm going to make sure I'm I'm a, I'm part of a church. I'm really plugging in, and I'm and I'm not just kind of yawning and boring, you know, my way through the service or the sermon. But I'm really listening actively, yeah. trying to learn what's being said. I will say this: that following Jesus mm. is the most thrilling, yes. difficult, yes. threatening, fulfilling passionate experience that anybody can know yes. because if you're going to really follow jesus you're going to be persecuted for it people may make fun of you they may mock you but i say man bring it on i would much rather be mocked for being someone who's passionate about christ than living a bored life in jesus and no one even knows that i'm born again or i'm saved I want people to know that I'm saved and they can say what they want to me. So it could be a life where you're threatened, you're persecuted. But listen, Matthew 13, mm. verse 45 says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Mm. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Only a fool would decide not to truly and obediently follow after Christ. It is, hmm. it is the one thing yes. in this world that is of greater value than anything else, yes. and that's Christ, and that's following Him. We must rescue the, the normal call to follow Jesus from the grip of the enemy who has used stereotypes to keep people away. We need to be that kind of person who is not afraid of what people are going to say. Right. We're going to live for Jesus with all of our heart, Amen. all of our soul, and all of our mind. And I end, I end and have my wife end with me a, the words of the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. Mm. He lived a life so sold out for Christ. This makes me want to cry. It makes me, it just, it's so proud. He lived his life so sold out mm. that he was able to say this. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. He's talking about his death. He said, I have fought the good fight. 
If you died right now, could you say, I have fought the good fight? I want my gravestone to be able to say he fought the good fight. He said, I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. That's coming from a man who was radically converted and lived a sold out life for Jesus Christ, who's no different than me, who's no different than you, who's no different than Jana. He got radically converted in Christ and his life became completely consumed about living it all out for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. This podcast is simply to encourage you, to challenge you, to encourage me, to challenge me, yeah. to challenge my wife, that we need to make the decision that we are going to live a deeper life for Christ, follow harder after Christ than ever before, and to be that transformed disciple that we have been called to be. So I just want to encourage you in that. I want to challenge you and inspire you today. You can do this. This is not out of your reach. Man, if everyone else around you wants to be bored, if everyone else around you wants to yawn their way through their Christian walk, let them do it. But you make a decision right. that I'm not going to live my Christian life that way. Jesus went through too much for me. He laid down too much for me. He sacrificed his life for me so that I could be redeemed, so that I could be purchased from death, so that I could be brought from death and darkness into life. And I'm not going to live my life half in and half out for him because of what he did for me. I'm going to serve him with all of my heart. Amen. So we wanted to encourage you today in that to live as a transformed disciple. Amen, babe. Amen. So we are so glad you listened to us. I, I could go on all day with this, but um, maybe we'll make a part two, three, four, and five. But we're going to close it out. So thank you for listening. Listen, this is not out of your reach. Be a transformed disciple. Follow hard after Jesus Christ. We love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. We pray that you were inspired and encouraged. And until next time, remember to live all out for Jesus Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.